0: The 229th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right
1: now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54-53, to North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh way to win!
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. I'm going to talk a little recruiting. As uh, last week, 24-7 Sports updated their recruiting rankings for the 2024 class involving. And, and there was a lot of this interesting stuff that came out regarding the four commits right now for Carolina, so we're going to dive into those, have some general recruiting questions and some other stuff we're going to get to, but we start every edition of the pod as we always do with our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings, and we go to a member of what would, she would be on Carolina's Mount Rushmore of athletes that have come through the university as an athlete. She is Mia Ham. And her quote is, if you don't love what you do, you won't do it with much conviction or passion. And I think that is something that really applies to where the 2022-23 Tar Heels are. And we're looking at this 2024 class as, you know, it's a very important one for Huber Davis. Um, We always knew next year was really going to be a reset year. In a lot of different ways, even before last year's run to the national championship game, it looked like 23-24 would be a reset year for the program under its new head coach, putting a lot of pressure on that 24 class to be one of the best um, in recent memory if Huber Davis were to go on and have a successful career. So that's the quote of the day. Um, That's from Mia Hamm. Let's dive right in now to the recruiting rankings. And, uh, buddy, there was just a lot of interesting stuff that came out. We'll start with Ian Jackson. Um, At the time of his commitment, he was the number two player in his class. He fell all the way to number five. So he he did have a, uh, a, a slight drop. He's now the number five player in the class, still the number two shooting guard, and still the number one player from New York. And we know how important that area of recruiting is to Huber Davis. Let's move on now really quickly here to Elliot Cadu, the five-star point guard. Uh, when he committed to Carolina, he was ranked as the number eight overall player in the class. Like Ian Jackson, he fell three spots, but still considered the number 11 overall player in the 24 cycle. And is still uh, ranked as number one player from the state of Missouri. Of course, he does have ties to the upstate of New York as well, and the number two point guard in that 2024 class. Let's move on now to Drake Powell, the local guy. Um, He had the biggest jump. Three of the four guys fell in the rankings, but Drake Powell improved all the way from the number 56 player in the class all the way up to the number 19 player. He's averaging 18 and 7 rebounds this season, and he became a five-star prospect. So now, Huber Davis has three five stars in the class, and then the last one is James Brown. Even at the time of his commitment, was kind of the more under uh, uh, a, a a really unknown or, or little known prospect, and his recruitment and his commitment literally came out of nowhere. Back on January second, no one had any uh, belief or, or any uh, I guess knowing that he was going to commit when he did. And he's had a really rough year in terms of where he falls in the recruiting rankings as he fell all the way down to the number 50 player in the class and now just the number seven center in the 2024 cycle. It's still, you know, it's really hard though to complain when you've got four players committed, three of them are five stars, and they're all four ranked inside the top 50. Buddy, we got the news last week, and you know, we're we're involved with you know in recruiting groups. And stuff like that. So whenever you saw the, the updated rankings, and you saw some of the stuff where Carolina had three or their four fall, what did you think of the latest matchup uh, of the rankings that twenty four seven Sports put out?
1: Well, I mean, originally, I mean, Ian Jackson dropping to five just shows that Huber Davis is not a great coach. He just hasn't been getting the most out of his players, even his recruits. Um, This really just reflects on Hubert. Am I doing this right? All these (laughs) morons that want to keep saying this stuff about Hubert, because I wouldn't doubt it if this was a, this was part of it. Well, you know, he had the number two player in the class, but now he's dropped the number five. He's really losing his touch. Uh, No, the biggest thing for me was really Powell's jump. I mean, that's huge, man. Um, And for it to be an in-state guy, I think that is, that is special also for it to be a front court player. I think that's huge as well. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to like about this iteration of the updates for 24 seven sports. And I mean, you know, you're hoping now that, that, that Powell, you know, a guy that can potentially be, you know, the wing that you've really been missing for a while, um, hopefully, you know, he can continue to build off of this jump and uh, become a guy that can, be, you know, get into, you know, the composite rankings as a five-star player. Um, that That's the thing about these guys is they still have a whole nother year at the prep level, a whole nother, year, nother summer of AAU basketball. So uh, these guys still have a lot of room for improvement. Um, and and I think you're you're feeling pretty good about where most of these guys are at. And it really helps this class take another step towards being special. Yeah, there's a significant drop for James Brown, but I, I don't really think you should be overly worried about that. I think you should be more excited about the fact that even with, you know, Kadu dropping uh, to where, you know, dropping a little bit, Ian Jackson dropping a little bit, Uh, Carolina still has, you know, most of their guys ranked uh, inside the top 20 um, in terms of, you know, the 24-7 rankings. And you would imagine eventually the composite rankings as well will get there. So uh, it's it's looking like it's, you know, going to be an even even more special class than what we originally thought. And this class isn't quite done yet. There are some big in-state, two big in-state guys that Carolina – Is still recruiting hard and Trenton Flowers and Jaron Stevenson. And there's still, you know, doesn't seem like they're recruiting him as hard as the two in state guys, but Boogie Fland is still a guy that Carolina is keeping an eye on as well. So uh, this class really could become pretty special. And the thing, you know, that people have to realize why they're still recruiting a lot of these guys is because, yeah, these guys right now are listed as 24 guys, but especially with the way that Carolina. Is playing right now, and the way that we, you know, think this season will probably end here, which is without an NCAA tournament berth, barring uh, just a, a tremendous run in Greensboro, uh, there probably will be one, maybe two guys here that they Carolina will be pushing to try to reclass.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I've seen some discussions and even had one today. Uh, at work, where you know with with the struggles that this team has had this year, is that going to impact recruiting? And you know my my response to that is if um and I don't think this is gonna happen, but if if one of these players were to decommit for where Carolina is right now, that's a way of telling you you don't have the right group of kids coming in because i think what we're hoping for with 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 this class with as important as it is and even with the season that carolina's having this year it should motivate them because they're going to be looked at as as a class that's going to be going to be held responsible to turning this thing around and Allowing Huber Davis to coach here for a very long time. Let's just let's just say that what it is, like with what Carolina is going through this season, where they're not going to most likely make the NCAA tournament. We already knew next year was going to be a reset year, so there could be a chance that Carolina goes back-to-back years without making the tournament, or they have an early exit. There's going to be a lot of pressure on this class, and so you know, I I I don't think. I worry about anyone decommitting because I think he's got the right kids that he he wants into his program that are going to play the way that he wants to play and competes the way that he wants to compete because that's the one message that he has gotten across or he is he has talked about a whole lot in his first two years is you know Carolina's intensity their effort their sense of urgency just hasn't been where he wants it to be. And like you would hear that when coach Williams was here, but it wasn't as consistent. It was, you know, after a a, a, a really bad loss or a disastrous loss. Now like Carolina's had like a handful of those in just two years. So, you know, when when that conversation came up, I I don't really worry about that in in any fashion because I I do think when you look at this 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 crop that's coming in, they are the right guys and I think they will be the ones that will be that 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 will understand the pressure and the expectation of, of probably turning this thing around and setting Hubert Davis up for a long tenure of success. I don't think they're going to shy away from any of that. And then, as you mentioned, even with already four commits, they're not done. Um, you, you mentioned the two in-state prospects that Carolina is recruiting very heavily. You mentioned Boogie Fland, a guy that I just want to put on the Carolina Blues, so I can just say Boogie on, on the podcast over and over. I'm not saying they're going to sign seven guys, but something we're going to talk about here with reclassification, you could see a player or two move up and join the team next year, opening up the door to bring in another, uh, another five-star prospect or two. So with that, guys, I know this is kind of quick and very fast paced. We've set the scene. We've told you uh, what's happened in the latest recruiting rankings. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you the latest offer we have from, from DraftKings. Then when we come back, more, th- uh, more thoughts, more takeaways, some questions that we're going to talk about here about how these updated recruiting rankings do impact the outlook of the program in that class moving forward. That's all coming up next on the Four Corners podcast, back after this message from DraftKings. opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, or, you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all these same-game parlay actions, at DraftKings Sportsbook, and you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes. 40 tails. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all this great offers we've been giving you here on the four corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the heel tough blog podcast. Let's dive back in now to some recruiting talk. Um, You know, as, as we mentioned before we went to break, Carolina did have three of their four commits fall. And I mean, two of them, they just fell three spots. So they weren't significant drops, and James Brown dropping, you know, twenty-three spots is is pretty significant. But I think we knew even at his commitment that you know that was going to be a possibility. He his his recruiting ranking might be very fluid during um, during his time before he actually gets to Chapel Hill. But you know, with that, it doesn't stop the paranoia that does exist. You know, in this um, in this fan base. On a daily basis, let alone during a year like this year where Carolinas went from preseason number one and the overwhelming favorite to win the ACC to now having to win four games in four days just to make the NCAA tournament. We kind of talked about how important this class is. There's going to be a lot of pressure on this this group to to return Carolina basketball where it's supposed to be, which is of the ACC and the top of the country. So when you see that three of the four fell in the latest rankings, how concerned are you about maybe you're running in? Maybe Carolina's running into a situation where they're recruiting really, really good players, but they're not recruiting the great players people think you need to have to win at the level that, that Carolina plays at.
1: I mean, you're 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 talking about two guys that dropped one to fifth, one to eleventh. Like, I, I that's. That's insane to me. Like, there's still elite prospects. Everything is fluid with recruiting. Like, as as somebody that has followed recruiting for the football side of things for a long time, you see a lot of fluctuation. Like, this is just kind of how it works. So, it's frustrating because at times you say to yourself, well, how did a guy drop if you look at these stats? It's also you you have to realize that a lot of how this stuff works is based on how often you see certain guys um i mean there's a whole bunch of different factors that go into this it's just depends on certain tournaments that these guys are at um you know what high schools they play for you know if they play for some of these big national teams that travel all over the country that play in a lot of these big time tournaments yeah they're going to get more recognition so these guys are are clearly going to fare better when it comes to ratings boost the biggest thing to identify with this look you have to recruit talent there's no question about that it's been proven really at both you know in in both major sports that if you don't recruit the talent then you will not be able to win at a high level. Um, It's more important in football, but it's still extremely important in basketball. Um, The thing is, though, is you have to identify guys that fit what you want to do. And to me, when you look at the two guys that you're bringing in, Ian Jackson is kind of a, you know, he's, he's your typical two guard that is going to be able to be a little bit more effective with what we saw at times this year from Caleb Love, from R.J. Davis. He's a guy that can handle playing the isolation game because he is extremely experienced at doing it at the high school level, but also on the international level. He was a part of the FIBA uh, U-17 teams. In each of the last two years, this dude has has played that style of basketball before. And like it or not, that's probably a part of what Carolina is going to do to a certain extent moving forward. Now, for the traditionalists, for people that want, you know, more of what we saw under Roy Williams, more of what we saw under Dean Smith, Elliot Cadu is your typical point guard. And he's the first one that Carolina is going to have at that position since, I mean, I guess you could say Kobe White, but Kobe White was also, I mean, Kobe White was just different, man. Like, he could share the basketball extremely well, but at times you didn't want Kobe White to share the basketball because he could just take over the damn game. He was the scoring guard that we thought Caleb Love was going to be, that we thought uh, Cole Anthony was going to be but he was also a dude that could play the position of point guard incredibly well could share the basketball incredibly well so this is going to be a guy that's going to you know sort of fit in a little bit more with I mean, I'm not going to say he's Kendall Marshall. I think he's a guy that can score at a little bit of a a, a higher rate than Kendall. I mean, Kendall scored the ball pretty well himself. But what I'm saying is he's not a guy that's going to rack up 12, 13 assists per game. But he's still a more traditional point guard uh, that Carolina has just lacked these last few years. So for them, I'm not really concerned. Brown? Yeah, a little bit. But... I mean, I think for Carolina, when it comes to the front court, that might just be an area where you're going to have to get aggressive in the portal. I think that's the area where Carolina is going to have to use the portal to their advantage. And look, they're, they're not the only team that's that's going to have to do that. The front court, you know, it's provided some teams, some pretty good players. I mean, we saw, you know, for a few years, Kentucky used that to find a few of their big men so it's really going to be you know a a, a strategy that's going to have to involve both recruiting high school players but also recruiting the transfer portal hard so it's definitely not the greatest thing but you know what if, if that's the guy that you're really focused on in this class I mean look he was right he was ranked according to 24/7 sports the 27th best player in the country. Um, hopefully he can rebound this season and, and at least get back inside the top 40. But if not, you just know that that's a guy that you're going to have to develop. And that allows you to, you know, go out and, and, and say, look, we have to go out and find a big man in the transfer portal, or you have to recruit another one here in this class. Um, and Jared Stevenson is, is a, is a, is a forward. He is a guy that, that can play probably stretch four, but Hey, if you want to play, you know, the more modern game, he could be a guy that you potentially play at the five. And the other thing here as well is that James Brown might have some time to develop here because, I mean, look, we saw some good things from him. But remember that this was a guy that suffered a severe injury in high school. Jalen Washington is probably going to be here a little bit, guys. So if Brown has to develop behind him, then that's not really the worst case scenario.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing I look at with this with this group is, I mean three of the four, and I mean even all four, like if they were on this roster now, how much better would Carolina be? Because like Jaron Stevenson or not Jaron Stevenson, Ian Jackson is a guy that would complement Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. He would make the game easier for both of them. So would Elliot Cadu, because he is a natural point guard and. Uh, as much as Coach Davis wants to play with three guards on the floor, it's a lot easier to do that when you've got a natural floor general on the court as opposed to three combo guards. I'm not saying that you can't do it with three combo guards, but it's just a lot easier when you have the one guy that's getting them organized. You look at Drake Powell. He's just a guy that you know Carolina needs scoring on the wing. Mm-hmm. And right now they just don't have any of that coming from Leaky Black, um, Dontres Styles coming off the bench. Like they're getting they're getting nothing from that category. And then Jalen Washington or or Drake or James Brown would just add more depth to a front court that with Jalen Washington coming off an injury and will shaver uh battling an injury, you know, there's no front court depth right now. So I say all that to say I'm not concerned. Because I still look at these four guys and say, you know, if they could help us this year, I, I, I don't think in two years that, that, that opinion that is going to change. I still look at all four of these guys and say, when they get to Carolina and they they learn the way that they're they're going to be asked to play the game here, they're going to be difference makers. And I think, you know, one of the things we've got to come to the realization is when you look at this roster and you look at the core of it, it's flawed. It it was it wasn't put together. I think the way that when Coach Williams recruited them, the way he thought it was going to all come together, and that's recruiting. Like sometimes you have a vision for the kids that you recruit, and for the for the most part, uh, at Carolina it fits, and it has fit, and Carolina has won a lot of games because of it. And the rare time that it, it doesn't fit. Um, you you know it, it you have a year like this year, and how many schools would still kill to be where Carolina is right now? I mean, a third of the ACC would kill to be nineteen and twelve, uh you know, eleven and nine in the conference and still have a chance to even you know, depending on who you look at and who you trust, some people do think that Carolina doesn't have to win the tournament necessarily. To the ACC tournament to make the NCAA tournament. If they if they make the the final, some people do think that would be enough to get them in. And and, and so you know I think what we got to look at at the way Coach Davis and his staff attack recruiting moving forward is how do they how do they put together the roster? And the first thing you got to do, and this will happen this year with a guy like Leaky Black, who um, is a sensational defender, but you play four on five with offense. Well, he's gone after this season. Pete Nance will be gone after this season. And even though Pete had played better for a stretch, um, you know, it's just very obvious, not a natural fit here at Carolina. You would imagine that, you know, Caleb Love would move on just because it's time. Um, it, it's not that Tar Heels, you know, don't want him to be here. It's just going to be the best for all parties involved, both for the program. Uh, and, and for him individually that he goes somewhere else to either play collegiate basketball or go chase that pro career. So, you know, we gotta we got to really monitor how the staff gets being, being put together. You mentioned recruiting the portal. That's going to be a big part of it. Um, I think it's something that for traditional Carolina fans, and even though I'm 26, I'm a traditionalist, I, I value a lot of the things that Coach Smith established in our program you got to come to terms that you're bringing in guys that are going to be here for a year or two at the max. And, look, we all didn't feel bad about it last year when Brady Manick took us, was you know, jump-started this team on the run to the national championship. So, hopefully, Coach Davis and his staff, they learn from – it's not really the mistake of Pete. Like, the reason why they had to the, – Pete Nance got to Carolina was because of how late – they got a scholarship open there. Most of the top transfers had already landed somewhere else. Like you weren't getting the guys that we identified early on in the process as the guys that we wanted, uh, we wanted to come to Chapel Hill. So, you know, you got to monitor both the recruiting and then how Carolina recruits the portal. But I still look at all four of these guys and say, man, when they get here, they're, they're going to be difference makers at their positions, both individually and collectively. The last thing I want to touch on before we do get out of here um is something we've really talked about since Jackson committed and then Kadeu committed is the possibility for reclassification. Um you know and and with I think Kadu, we've looked at the maybe that one makes the most sense um just cuz there's going to be a much a much more glaring need for a, a traditional point guard. Like I think Carolina could improve offensively in a lot of different areas if, if he was on the floor next year. But given that he fell and that Ian Jackson fell, do you still think reclassification is on the table for either one of those? And even if so, has your opinion changed on the guy that you think maybe Carolina
1: should push to have join the team in
0: 23 as opposed to 24?
1: No, them dropping has absolutely no Reflection as to whether or not they're going to reclass. That, that, that shouldn't mean anything to them. Um, it's just whether or not they are ready. Now, I will say the thing when everybody talks about reclassification that they have to realize is that, remember, Carolina did have a player that reclassified a couple of years ago in Will Shaver. Now, clearly not n- nearly as talented. He was a three-star prospect coming out so nowhere near as talented as either ian jackson really any of the four guys in this class but the thing that was interesting was at the time hubert davis said he will never have a player that will reclassify again now it he wasn't made reclassified sit- it was redshirt or redshirt but still i mean well he he did reclassify he came in early it's a it's a very weird scenario where he was basically still a part of the next year's recruiting class, but he came in in January and redshirted it. So I I mean, for me, if you're going off of need, it's could do. If you're going off of preparedness, I think it would be Ian Jackson. Because you're talking about a guy that's played, you know, at the high school level, at the AAU level, and has played at the international level. So just just from a pure, you know, preparedness standpoint to come in and make an impact early, it, Ian Jackson's a guy that ha- if he rec- reclassified and he comes in as a 17 year old, I-, I think you're probably feeling pretty good because he's had all that other experience elsewhere. Um, where Kadoo, yeah, he, he's going to be a guy that's going to be pretty young. You're probably, I mean, you're not going to start him. There's no way that you start him. I mean, you'd like for him to eventually be, you know, really what Tyrese Proctor has become this year for Duke. But as we've seen, I mean, granted, he, he's played well for his team, but Gigi Jackson, you know, they, they they basically, you know, pushed him into reclassifying and it hasn't really worked out for South Carolina. Now, that's really just due to everybody else around him being just downright terrible. But, you know, starting him from the beginning of the season, that's a tough ask, especially for especially for point guards. Like we're talking about point guards. You know, we've we've said one of the biggest issues for Carolina is that You've had guys that have had to come in and start immediately with Cole Anthony and Caleb Love. Well, those guys were freshmen. You would be talking about having a guy reclassify and come in as a 17-year-old and start. So for Kadu, I think you're probably having, if he's reclassifying, you're probably looking at him as a guy that's going to come off your bench. You're hoping that Seth Trimble can take that next step and become a starter, and he's the guy behind him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think either one of them, there's a possibility. I know Powell is is trending up. I don't see that being a guy that's going to reclass. I think he's a guy that kind of needs to stay and and continue to build himself uh, at at the high school level. But I, I think you can't really go wrong with either one of the guards that reclasses, but I would prefer Ian Jackson.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think so would I, um, to be honest with you. I think I, I cause I, I think RJ Davis is gonna be back. And I think Ian Jackson would complement him very well. And you know, I, I do think DeMarco Dunn will be a much more better improved player next year. I think Dontre Styles will be a much better improved player next year. I so, so with Seth Trimble. And so I, I look at Jackson as a guy that I, I think could still come in and make an immediate impact. We, we've seen with point guards, you know, look, there are some freshman point guards that know what, how to how to play at a high level when they get to Carolina. Kobe White was one. You look at Cole Anthony individually and you, you look at – you take the microscope away, he, he played really at a high level. He just had a bad roster around him. That really, you know, limited his impact. I think I'd much rather just have Kadu get a year older, get, you know, get another year of AAU ball under his belt before he comes in. The thing I'll say about if if one reclassifies, if two class, if two reclassifies, whatever, I think if that happens, I think internally Carolina feels really good about getting Jared Stevenson, Trenton Flowers, Boogie Fland or whatever. I may be completely and utterly wrong. In that in in that uh, opinion, but I I think that if if that's something that Coach Davis asks of these recruits, I think the message will be because like look if you come this year and that would mean that Carolina would not be going portaling like we probably you know are or thinking they would do right now, but I think if that if that conversation is ha- it happens, it would be look come this year so I have some more room next year to go get some guys. And then, you know, you could look at that 24 class, you know, still adding two more five stars or whatever, but then you've got a lot more talent, depth, and experience talent and depth, which when Carolina has that, um, does usually mean them that, mean that they are a contender both to win the ACC and compete for a national championship. So uh, with that, guys, a real quick edition of the podcast, as most recruiting ones are, but, you know, given... Uh, that the, the, the recruiting rankings were updated just last week. And okay, to be honest, given where Carolina is right now, we're on the outside looking in. These, these type of conversations are pretty fun to have, and they're pretty important to have as the direction and the future of Carolina basketball really do hang in the balance in these next couple of recruiting cycles. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, though, we do encourage you guys to visit the website, toughblog.com where it, it, it kind of feels like November for the website as there is football content as spring practice is underway in Chapel Hill uh Carolina has landed two commits um for in, in their 24 class as well that Anthony is taking uh, has you covered on on that front and then for basketball uh ACC Awards were handed out today there's an article about all the the Carolina players that won an award. We will break down those guys when we preview Carolina's matchup in the ACC tournament later this week. And then, of course, getting you ready for the ACC tournament. There will be game previews, game recaps posted on the site for as long as Carolina uh, is playing. And then, of course, we'll have you covered on Selection Sunday whether or not Carolina hears their name called to compete in the NCAA tournament. As for the podcast, you guys know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast, but more importantly, guys, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any game preview, any game recap, or any general discussion about Carolina basketball. Hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!
1: Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!